Hi, this is Shannon Grimm with Shannon Grimm and Partners at Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. We're here today with Eric Anderson, who is with uh, Buckeye State Bank, and known Eric for a very long time. Eric has uh, bailed me out in a few instances where another lender has let me down. So that's why we go back to Eric time and time again. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, so Buckeye State Bank is a little bit different, right? You guys can do some things that not other banks can do. Yeah, as a community bank, we can offer certain products that maybe the rank and file big back, big box banks don't offer. Uh, theoretically, it's a lot better service. Uh, pricing's competitive, but it does allow us to do portfolio lending, which is typically loans that don't fit a traditional FHA or government um, conventional lending. Okay, it doesn't fit into that Freddie or Fannie box. box. Yep. And um, you've always been good just yourself because like I like to say all loan officers are not even created equal within the same bank or the same company so you kind of have to learn who actually knows what they're doing and Mm -hmm. I've always learned that you're you're pretty good at what you do and you can find ways to get things done that someone else might not be able to right well the trick is finding out the customer story finding out um, where the troubles may be identify them up front so everybody Mm -hmm. knows what's going on and then working through those but it's uh, honest and immediate communication when you know you got a problem uh, yeah. or identifying. So that's that's a, a big part of it. Okay. And uh, Jennifer has been uh, working with some investors yeah. recently. So if you could go over some programs that that's you right. have. Okay, so for investment property. Um, you have to break down investment properties two different ways. Okay. Uh, one is traditional underwriting, traditional programs, which would fit under Fannie and Freddie rule. Uh, conventional lending, there is a way to do it, uh, FHA um, and VA with owner-occupied. But um, one to four family units can go conventional and they can actually go commercial. Um, It's not common, but they can go commercially. Uh, Any property that's over five units must go commercial. Um, There's no no discussion, it has to go that way. Um, Conventional lending uh, on investment properties, if you're doing a single family, you can get in with 20% down. It has to be held in an individual's name or a revocable trust. It cannot be uh, an LLC. It cannot be an irrevocable trust. Okay. Um, so it can't be an LLC even in even in a commercial loan. A commercial loan, yes. Okay. So specific into conventional lending. Gotcha. Thirty-year uh, okay. fix, no prepayment penalty, those kind of things. Uh, Fannie, Freddie. Uh, it has to be an individual. Has to be a revocable trust. Mm-hmm. Um, commercial. It's a sandbox. It varies by every bank. So some banks may have an appetite to do smaller loan amounts of $150,000, $300,000 on a single family. Some banks won't want to deal with that type of product at that because it's that small. They're looking for apartment buildings. They're looking for eight-unit buildings, something like that. So while it can be done, if it's done commercially, it can be in an LLC. Um, typically, those are based on an ARM product of some sort, five, seven, ten-year ARM. Um, Typical amortization is maybe 25 years, possibly 30, but again, it's a sandbox. So it's whatever bank decides to offer for their commercial offering on, a, on an investment property, one to four family. So what about if you're, oh, I lost my train of thought. You know, this happens more than I care to <laughs> care to admit to, but it literally does. Go ahead, Jennifer, if you have any questions, because I've totally um, lost my train of thought. Sure. Yeah. What was I saying? <laughs> I don't know either. One of the things, conventional lending, which um, nearly every bank has conventional lending, um, is that there's no prepayment penalties. 
Um, now I know. Commercial does typically have <laughs> prepayment penalties or origination fees that could be more expensive. So, so say you're doing a um, single unit commercial loan. How much would that be down? Is that still like 20% or 30% down? Um, we would start at 25%. Okay. And then based on strength of borrower, based on assets, based on experience of running uh, investment properties, those kind of things, you can ask for 30-year amortization and 20% down, and you put your ask list. Uh, once it goes into underwriting or based to the specific bank, they may say, well, we only do 25-year AM and we want 25% down. Because it, it, it can vary. Conventional, it's Fannie Freddie rule. Um, the banks can't, you know, aren't going to deviate from that on the conventional side. So, what would you suggest to someone who's maybe looking at getting into rehabbing a property, and they want to use, you know, that old adage, someone else's money? So, borrow the money to get into rehabbing. Um, depending on the nature of the rehab, um, the the trick is if you're going into contract and you need to close within a certain period of time is being able to do a construction rehab, which means you have to know what the cost and the quotes are for the rehab. And then you can do a purchase construction loan, a purchase rehab loan. Okay. You can do that conventionally, you can do it either way, but uh, conventionally you can do that, um, well, on a construction rehab loan portfolio. Is, I shouldn't say conventional. So that can be done, we can do that. Uh, portfolio banks can do that. But um, the trick is from the day, the day going into contract, to closing date, you've got 30 days or 40, whatever you've written in the contract to get your quotes and everything, mm -hmm. get that to the appraiser and for the appraiser to come back and say, yes, your improvements are going to make the property worth X. And hopefully that meter exceeds the purchase price. You said earlier that a portfolio is when it doesn't fit into Freddie and Fannie. So just real quick. Mm -hmm. So in the MLS, we don't have an option for portfolio loans. And it's unfortunate because so many things have to go portfolio, like condominiums. Can't, yep. So that's a big one. And Non-warnable. Right. So and sometimes uh, we also take those to you as well. Mm -hmm. And we have another lender who can do those too mm -hmm. for 5% mm -hmm. down. Sorry. 5% <laughs> down on a non-warnable is a really good deal because it's normally 20%. Yeah. Um, but, and that's what you've always helped me out mm -hmm. on are the condos mm -hmm. too right. a lot. Right. Um, but just uh, what other products do you have too? Well, um, on our, for portfolio loans, that kind of falls under the conventional lending mm -hmm. standards. Um, when you're writing up a pre-qual letter, at, you know, FHA, VA, that kind of thing. Um, one of the products we do have for investment properties, which is kind of unique, it's a non-QM loan. So it's a debt service loan. So what that means is they, the fair market rent of the appraisal is all that is considered for income. So if you have somebody that and I've got a customer that makes millions, uses the tax code legally, shows nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, in the, the non-QM loan, um, they put 20% down, they can buy the property, they're gonna use fully whatever the debt services or the income, so let's say the rent's three grand. Mm -hmm. uh, with his experience, it's a one-to-one -one ratio. So as long as the housing expense does not exceed the three grand or the rent cost, 20% down, you have some reserves, you get the loan. They don't dig in it, um, you know, somebody making a hundred grand and they can document, they don't even care about the tax returns or the W-2s. Now the rate's higher, but you can hold it in an LLC. It's 30 or fixed, it's no prepayment penalty. So it's kind of a blend of traditional conventional lending and mm -hmm. commercial lending, but the rate's elevated. Because they're asking fewer questions, you can hold it in an LLC. They're not really looking at your personal income to see if you're leaking oil, you're losing, uh, you're taking losses on other businesses or other buildings. So, so what does the non-QM, what does that stand for? 
uh, non-qualified mortgage. So it's okay. just it's outside um, traditional underwriting guidelines okay. in, in basic terms. So we it allows like them, to, they'll, they'll do more, <laughs> they, they can do like some bank statement loans, those kind of things, mm-hmm. not stated loans. But right. they'll look at banks and say, oh, you've got, you know, you got 50 grand coming in a month. We understand what's going on here. So there's some things that fall into that. Yeah, stated loans got us in a lot of trouble. They did. And, <laughs> and you know, pay option arm loans and, mm-hmm. you know, bad appraisal practices, um, bad loan officers with mm-hmm. appraisers. So, and bad builder reps. So they weeded a lot of that out. Yeah. They weeded a lot of that out, got rid of the bad actors mm-hmm. for the most part. So, but then you, that 9QM may help somebody that they want to buy a property they don't have, uh, they've got 20% down, but they don't have the income or whatever to offset that. So they might have to hold their nose a little bit with the interest rate, but there's no prepayment penalty. But it allows you to acquire the property, hold on to it, and then when rates settle down, you know, refinance it and maybe get better terms. It allows them to complete the acquisition without having to show all their losses on their income side. So say you have a first-time investor. Um, what is the minimum like credit score, that sort of thing, that you would need to get started? Um, credit score on the conventional, let's just stay on the conventional side. Um, if you start getting below 700, the rates start to get, they get elevated quickly. Fannie and Freddie have risk cost, uh, risk-based pricing. So the lower the score, the higher the LTV, some of those things starts to drive mm-hmm. your score up. So if I was going to you know, let's say best case pricing today on a 30-year fixed rate is six, six and a quarter, something, I don't know, something like mm-hmm. that. Your investment property rate's gonna be about a full point higher, only because okay. they, they factor that. That's not that horrible in. though. So yeah, so if you're in the low sixes, you might be in the low, low maybe mid sevens um, for the investment property. Well, if your credit's, and that's a 740 score, if your score is a 700 or 680, you can get it done, but now your rate might be even a half a point higher because of the credit score. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other questions I that you think, think so. of? All right. Well, I'm Eric. not that good. <laughs> 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 well, we just wanted to touch on some investment stuff since we've had a lot of people reaching out to us about starting to do investments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, just wanted to get some basic information for people and uh, and for ourselves, just in case. Yeah. Uh, but we appreciate your time. So. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So again, thanks to Eric Anderson with Buckeye State Bank. And uh, remember to uh, follow, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do on any version of social media at Shannon Grimm Realtor. Thank you.